Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had Ralph Martin in last week. So, um, you know, he was here doing the mission in our parish. It was Mm -hmm. wonderful, well attended, and Ralph is just amazing, man. The guy's been doing ministry for over 40 years and hadn't lost a step, and so it was a joy to have him in here. He's borrowed your seat for a week. Oh, well, he's welcome to any time. Yeah, Yeah. so that episode was, I really thought it was a great episode, you know, enjoyed the conversation with him. And it's one thing about Ralph, he's very, um, he's very good about, wanting to know your thoughts on things too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're just having somebody in and they want to just tell you how the cow ate the cabbage on everything. And so it's a, it was a really great conversation. And I actually just got back today. So he was here and then I flew up there. He had invited me to come on mm-hmm. the choices we make, which is their show. That's the longest running Catholic television show in the world. So I think it's been on 38 years or something. And that's a good record. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Peter Herbeck and Pete Burak's a part of it. All the team up there, Dr. Mary Healy. It's just Bunch of great people and a great studio, and, and I went on and shared my conversion story, and then talked about what we're doing in men's ministry, mm-hmm. just where the Lord has us, you know, going on this mission like St. Paul, and and going out to parishes, and and really just starting things for men. And uh, you know, he told me afterwards, he said, "Man, I'm really, I'm really excited for what you're doing." He said, "A lot of movements in men's ministry, they they come up and they they go down, they fall, they waver," and he said, "But man, if you stick with this, this is really going to help mm-hmm. a lot of people." and and so I'm excited about that. Again, thank you to the Renewal Ministries team and to Ralph and everybody for having us up there, for Pete Burak for picking me up from the airport and taking me over to the University of Michigan and getting to walk that campus. It was awesome. Yeah. And seeing that huge football stadium. And so it was a great trip up there um, and just excited to be home. A little tired. Mm-hmm. Been traveling a lot lately, but excited to jump in here with you. You were so gracious. You had a little crisis going on at home yeah, with your dog. Our, and our, our, we have two labs, and one of our dogs is a little overzealous at chasing the ball. and tweaked his, his uh, back leg a little bit. Luckily, yeah. nothing major, just some pain meds for him. That so. happens to me sometimes when I get out of bed these days. Yeah. <laughs> like, just tweak my leg or whatever. Yeah. Like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm 44, it's, I guess. It's so. age. It's catching up. <laughs> but, no, I'm glad you were able to make it in here today. I know you're going out of town next week, so we need to go ahead and get a, a show put in. And, and uh, before we start on the topic and everything, I just want to kind of share with everybody again the same thing I was doing up there with Ralph, you know, that this – the, the more that we move forward in this new direction mm-hmm. of feeling like our purpose is to go out and be modern-day Pauls, like to start these men's groups and to build uh, fruit that lasts, right? I mean, it's one thing to run in and give a talk. And, and, you know, yes, people will be inspired, but I don't care how good of a speaker you are, you know, that stuff is going to fade after a mm-hmm. while. And if there's not something built there that helps people continue to walk on the path that they started that day of that conference or of that mission – then a lot of times I think we're doing people a disservice. Yeah. You know, there's so many men, and I've gotten a bunch of comments just this week on email saying, I want what you're talking about. I want a place where I can be myself. I was talking to a young lady today that said that, you know, she's struggling with friendships and things like that and trying to find anybody that wants to walk this path of virtue that she wants to walk. And it's the same thing for men. Uh, men aren't as vocal about it, but deep down we all want to be seen, loved, and heard. And I don't care if you're the toughest guy in the room, the alpha dog. That's true in all of us. Mm-hmm. And we all need a place to be able to go in, to share with people where we're 
broken, where we're struggling, but also in our joy and successes. And, you know, our Lord speaks about this all the time in the scriptures about community and standing with one another. And, you know, he sent out the disciples two by two. And, and you know, let's face it, Victor, in our church, the men have just abdicated our responsibility. You know, we've been concerned with so many other things. And and we, we, we've allowed the devil to take us out of the game to tell us that we're the only person struggling with this or mm-hmm. that. And so we, we become isolated. And this is when we're easy to pick off. And and we really let our families down, our wife and our children and, and our brothers and sisters out there in our parishes because we're supposed to be the ones leading, right? That was our God-given position to be the priest of our home, but also to be, um, you know, a, 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 a sign of strength and support in our parish and leading in that way too. And so many of us haven't done that. So that's what these groups are all about is, is building a place where men can be real and authentic. We come in, we do the mission, which allows people to see, I don't care where you are in your life, God can use you. Mm-hmm. By the example of my conversion story, two, the next thing people struggle with is purpose and identity. What am I here for? You know, they're, they're, they're identifying with their sins and, and, and those things instead of with God's love. And then it's a free gift that doesn't have to be earned. And then obviously... A big problem in our church right now is that even if you are going to church, many of us don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, which drives the passion and makes us intentional about everything that we do. And so we come in, we give that mission, then we train leaders. We've had great success lately. You know, Wichita Falls is one that we talked about on the previous episode. And, I mean, 200 people at the mission, 20 men's leaders getting trained, multiple groups starting. It's just something to see, and it's it's something that the church needs right now is fruit that's going to last. And it's right. not us trying to own anything. Everybody in there doesn't have it just to get on the pew shirt on. It, it's just this is yours. We're going to give you the leadership. We're going to give you the training. We're going to give you the structure. And we're going to answer all those questions, which are really why they don't have them. Father mm-hmm. doesn't have time. Men want something, but they're I'm the sum of my sins, right? I'm right. not worthy to be a part of something or to lead something. And then the third piece is guys who want to lead, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's what we do. We go in and give that structure. It's not about content. It's not about our DVD set that you buy for the rest of your life. It's here's what you need to get going and then allow the Holy Spirit the room to grow it in the way that is unique to your parish because all these parishes are different, right? So we're just trying to help get that going like St. Paul did, our patron saint of the ministry. I'm going to go out. I'm going to build community. I'm going to teach people what we know. And then I'm going to go on encouraging from afar but but still continue to walk with people. And that's what we do. We're changing our website around. So it's all about this. Um, moving away from John Edwards, Catholic speaker and podcaster, but this is the issue with men. This is what we need to do about it. This is what we are doing about it. If you'd like us to come help you, we will. So all that's changed on the website. If you want to find out more information or you want to have us to your parish, then go to the website, just a guy on the pew.com. Go to our events and, and bo- events and book me page, and you'll see the part about men's ministry. Click it, fill out the form. We'll get a call with you, and we'll set up for your specific parish needs. And another point is it doesn't have to be that you didn't have an established men's group. A lot of those that we do are like that. They don't have anything. We help them get started. But there's also a lot of groups out there that never came back after COVID, and they don't know how to get started again. And we can give you this structure and the leadership training to get something going new that reaches not only a certain group of men. A lot of men's groups are older, retired guys, which is awesome. Thank you for that. But there's a lot of younger men that need help, too. And so this structure really speaks to the wholeness of a man and gets a lot of different men at different ages in the same group so they can really walk as Paul and Timothy's, right? Like sharing information and in, in life experiences and, and all those things with each other so that we can be the brothers we're called to be. So you can sign up for that at justagodinpew.com. And if you're one of these guys on the fence that wants this, don't wait on somebody else. Maybe God is calling you. Maybe that's why that ache is there. So don't sell yourself short. 
I didn't think I could run this either. I didn't certainly ever think we'd be in a ministry like this, but God had other plans. And when I surrendered and gave my yes, then all this stuff started to happen. And he'll do the same thing with you uh, in whatever regard that he's asking you to help people if you'll just give your yes. So again, go to our website. Uh, only other thing I want to mention here too, Victor, is again, thank you to Renewal Ministries. Um, we were talking about Father Larry on the interview up there today too, Father Larry Richards. He's on our board and I'm super excited to be going to the Holy Land with him in May of 2023. Uh, it's closer than ever. I keep thinking it's a year and a half, two years off, right, but yeah. we're less than a year now. We've got over 50 people signed up. Father's jacked up about it. I am too. We're going to do some promotional things here soon for it, but I just can't wait to walk in the footsteps of Christ, to go where our Lord went. I mean, he keeps saying, you're going to have to give these talks, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I'll be able to speak because I'll mm-hmm. probably be crying the whole time when I see where we're, where our risen Lord walked and you know, and all his trials and everything else and his passion and all that. But join us if you want to go to the Holy Land. It's going to be awesome. My wife's going to get to go. She's way cooler than me. You guys will enjoy hanging out with her. Um, You know, father's going, obviously. And hopefully our kids might get to go. But, I mean, if you're a guy that's never been to the Holy Land, go now. The vaccination mandates are lifted. Um, We're going to have a great time. Father's been a bunch of times, so he's got all the knowledge of where to go. You're going to say mass basically everywhere we go. It's going to be awesome. So you can sign up for the pilgrimage or find out more information by going to our events and book me page. Go there, middle of the page, you'll see pilgrimages. Click it. You'll be taken to the page that's put on by our wonderful travel company, Select Travel, International Travel. And I'm telling you, you will not find a better trip to the Holy Land than what they put on, um, you know, from what Father's told me and several other Catholic people that I know that are leading pilgrimages. They say going with Select's the best. So I'm excited for my first one. I'm excited for you to come with us. So go to our website and sign up or find out more information about that today. Woo. All right, Victor, that was a mouthful. That was like auctioneer there, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> who's got 350? Who's got 450? Who's got 550? So the lady in the back. Who's yeah. coming? Who's coming? Who's coming? Yeah. Well, um, now I want to get into the show uh, while we still have time. Uh, you know, Victor, it's so funny. Wasn't really prepared again today. We've just been so busy running around. And I think it's really a gift when we're not because the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. leads us to wherever he wants to go. And um, I've, I've, you know, here lately, whenever I've been on a plane or just heard something in a mass or something on a podcast that really strikes me, I just write it down on the notes on my phone and, and, uh, and just kind of look at that and say, what do you want, Lord? And today he took me back to a note I had from one of the readings from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, very famous reading of Paul talking about persevering, winning mm-hmm. the race, running the race, the, you know, the, the runners in the, in the Coliseum right. or in it's the arena. It's just a good visual. Yeah. yeah. It gives us. Yeah. 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 And we've talked about it before, um, you know, in the aspect of perseverance, you know, are you, are you persevering? Like you can't give up all those things. And it's right. a great verse and great chapter for that. But this time, like, when I read it, it hit me differently. And that's the beauty of Scripture that we talk about so much is, you know, you, want to read the, you don't want to read the Bible like any other book where you just go, oh, that's a new Vince Flynn novel mm-hmm. or that's a new, or that's War and Peace and that was a great read. I'm going to put it aside. This is something we need to be in every day because it's called the living Word of God for a reason. It's, it's ebbing and flowing and it's with your life, right? right? I mean, you may read something now and then read it six months later in different circumstances in your life bring you to different points and different places and the scriptures are going to speak to you differently so that's what happened to me i was reading it and i got to verse 26 in chapter 9 of first corinthians and he says thus i do not run aimlessly right and he finishes by saying i do not fight as if i were shadow boxing like wasting punches basically mm-hmm. and it made me think about like how often am i personally but catholics in our faith running aimlessly today you know, I mean, how many times are we simply checking boxes? I mean, are we being 
intentional about what we're doing in our life because Victor, I mean, it's called spade a spade. Mm -hmm. In our secular life, we're plenty, we're running with a purpose in a lot of different things there. Raising our children, um, you know, trying to advance in our job. You know, if you're on a sport, trying to be the best player at that sport. When we have those sort of goals in mind, we work very hard for those, right? You look at guys like Tom Brady and Michael Jordan and, you know, LeBron James, Tiger Woods. Those people were all focused on something that they wanted in their life, and they worked from the age they were four, some of them, mm -hmm. every day, like going above and beyond to get that thing. But so often in our life, we don't, we don't treat our faith in the same light. You know, we don't give it the same attention, the same focus, the same intentionality that we do so many other things. And I think that's why we find ourselves just oftentimes checking boxes in our life instead of really being intentional about what we're doing. Right. And going back off the word you said earlier is purpose. Obviously, yeah. we, we need to know why are we, what are we doing? You know, where are we going? And, and kind of like am, the energy I'm exerting, is it beneficial to myself alone or to those around me? You know, henceforth, my family, my loved ones, my community, my friends. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like the, the service of, of everything. It needs to be like, what's the who's getting a greater benefit of, of what I'm doing? Sure. And I think that's what Paul is saying is that what I'm doing, I know it's not for me. It's for the glorification of my Lord. Right. Yeah. So I'm running for a purpose. I'm running for uh, a destination to speak to as many people as I can about Jesus Christ. That, that's why the race he was he was running. Sure. You know? And I think for us is that, you know, we, like I said, we have other trophies we chase, yeah. you know, and more so than probably what Paul was highly suggesting us to, to be the, the sorry, mm -hmm. the, the journey or the, the end result of the race is to proclaim the gospel, proclaim yeah. the good news, let everyone we'll know. Get people how, to heaven, right. Yeah. Every, let everyone know who Christ is. Um, and I think, like you said, as men, we we sometimes put our favorite sports team above that, yeah. you know, or getting the new the promotion or the new car or whatever yeah. else. These things we've always wanted. We say, well, if I do this, I do this, and then and then we'll do that, you know. Sure. So. Well, we've had so many. I mean, you hear guys say like, "Well, I saved up and I finally got that boat." Or yeah, that stuff takes discipline, right? Those are choices. Like I'm going to choose to put this money aside right. instead of spending it on whatever else, so that I can gain this one thing. Or I'm going to work all these extra hours at work and put in so much more effort than anybody else around me because I want to be the boss, right? Or I want the the pay that comes with this job mm -hmm. or the perks or whatever else. Or I want to go to Disneyland in three years with my kids and it's like $8 million to go to Disneyland. Yeah. So I'm going to save for that and plan for that. And, and we, we discipline ourselves in such a way as to get those things that we want. But so often in our life, we don't give that same attention and that same focus to the most important thing that will ever be in our life. Like, it's just so easy to have a veil pulled over our eyes to think, well, eventually I'll work on that. Yeah. But it's like I was saying with Ralph Martin on the episode we did, it's just like how many how many car wrecks get a get a a, a, a chance to say goodbye or to, to ask for forgiveness? How many heart attacks wind up with a, a five-minute deathbed scene to be able to get right with God, right? Mm -hmm. Not many that I've ever heard of. But we, we because I think we, we look at God as this distant figure and this heaven is this distant thing, we don't put the same emphasis on it as the things in life, the secular things we want. Like I said, I mean, we spend a lot of times planning our children's futures. I mean, you plan weddings for years, yeah. you know, you do all of these things. You, you plan your finances. You plan to be able to retire. And, and the difference is we're being very intentional about those things, right? There's a focus there. But with our faith, I mean, how many times do we run aimlessly when we're at Mass, right? Where we're just there and we walk in and, 
Lord be with you and with your spirit, you know, reading from the gospel, you know, and it's, I'm guilty of it. I look around and I see tons of Catholics that are guilty of it. And what Paul's trying to say and what Jesus says in so many words in other places is like, you you better start to understand this is the goal of your life, to go to heaven, to be with our, our father forever and eternity, and to bring others with you, first and foremost, your family, but the other people that God puts in your path. Mm-hmm. This is what's important. You know, you're you're going to get that car you want and realize that it's not that big of a deal. And, right. and a couple of years later, you're going to want another car. You're going to get that job you want and realize that, hey, maybe this isn't what I wanted. And and now if I get this job, and it's a never-ending thing that's never going to make you happy. And we waste so much time on those things instead of being intentional. And, and that's just what Paul means by running aimlessly. Like, don't just go around your life going through the motions. Like, run this with purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's not only for 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 everyone else in your life, but also for you. I mean, this is alluding to what you said. In verse 27 at the end of that chapter, he says, you know, after he says, I, I do not fight as if I were shadow boxing, and he says, no, I drive my body and train it for fear that after having preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. And I, I think that in our minds, we just because of presumption and we just like to think that God's this fluffy God up there that just everybody's going to wind up going mm-hmm. to heaven and this was all just a ruse to get us to live better. You know, and it's not. Like, this is the truth. There is a heaven and a hell. There are consequences for not living in the proper way. And so many of us, I think, take it so lightly and so easily that we're going to get up there and it's going to be like, no, you ran aimlessly, right? Like right. so many other things were important to you. And, well, well, yeah, but I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this. And we're going to be like the people that were reading that off to Jesus and he right. goes, I never knew you. Well, because we're doing it for, for a glamour, I guess you could say, or yeah. recognition from other people, not doing it for the good of, of the of others, you know, in sure. a sense of a true self of what we're doing. Yeah. Right. And that's why, like, it is so important. There's a difference between, like, writing Catholic down on, on an application for a job and what religion are you and actually being Catholic, mm-hmm. right? There's a call to to constantly convert, to constantly better ourselves so that we can be better for other people. You know, so many people were trying to figure out, well, we can't get along with our wife. We can't get along with our kids. We can't get along with our boss or our, our friends in our life. And it's a call to constantly be working on ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Like what's going on with me that I need to fix? What's going on in my life? Where do I need to grow? Because as I said, conversion isn't a one-time thing in our life. It's a constant thing. If we think we've made it, then we're very close to a, to a very dangerous edge of falling off of that pedestal we've placed right. ourselves on. Because our, our, our faith life is never over until we're standing in front of God or Jesus in the seat of judgment to be judged. You know, we've got to do everything we can. And so we have to put the same focus, the same intentionality mm-hmm. on following Christ the way that he's called us to. And and really, it's a spiritual maturity. It's hard to sit there and say, am I really a good Catholic? Or am I just going through the motions, right? Is this really changing my life? Am I putting all the effort I should to into this? When I go to Mass, am I going really to worship the Lord? Or am I going to check a box? These are hard things to admit to ourselves. Because then we have to do something about it. Right, yeah. Right? Like, we have to realize, I'm not where I need to be, and now I can't just live with that. I have to be different. And this is the hard part of being a Catholic or being a Christian, is recognizing the places where we're not living the way that God calls us to, and then doing everything in our power to go and fix that. Well, the neat thing about Paul, we know very well, is that he was, you know, a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. And so he knows exactly what that means to run aimlessly, because when he was a Pharisee, 
he was doing probably more than likely uh, to be seen as someone knowledgeable in the law. Sure. Uh, to be, you know, seated at uh, seats of like favoritism and so forth, you know, and to be walking through the market and seeing, well, there's a, a man, a learned man of God. Yeah. And then obviously we knew he persecuted Christians as if that was his personal mission. Oh, yeah. And, and so he, it, being who he is now, he realized that he was running aimlessly. He wasn't doing things for God. He was doing things for his own self-glory. Yeah. And I think he understands fully what that means to to run aimlessly without a purpose because he did that for so much of his life, as we have done as well. You know, through years of high school, college, or whatever, so be it. You know, we probably were focused on the wrong reasons of what we we're doing. You yeah. Know, uh, self-glory, whatever, glorification. And and now that he's writing to us, because that's all the letters are really to the church, which is who we are, mm-hmm. to say, I'm writing to you now, you know, please have a focus in what you're doing every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is why when we were putting out the narrow road, you know, mm-hmm. we've, we've, we've stopped doing that for the time being. But this was why there was such a focus on trying to get men to be intentional every day about what they're doing. Because again, Paul says in verse 24, do you not know that the runners in the stadium all run the race? And then he finishes by saying, but only one wins the prize. Mm -hmm. Now he's not saying only one of us get to heaven, but he's alluding to look like everybody thinks that they're going to go to heaven. Everybody thinks that, that, you know, they're doing a good job, but really, in fact, there's only so many of us that will. And I, you know, what pains me and what drives me in ministry a lot too is I think there's a lot of Christians, whether you're Catholic or not out there, that think you're going to heaven and you're not. Mm-hmm. Because this is the same thing Jesus is saying. Why, like, why is there a narrow way? Why is there a narrow road? Because it's very hard to live the Christian life. If you find the Christian life easy, you're probably not doing it right. Yeah. And this isn't, a, isn't me speaking in judgment. I know because it's hard. I face the same temptations everybody on here does. You know, the, the lust struggles and, and selfishness and and just being uh, the temptation to not be a good person or put myself first. Mm-hmm. You face it. I face it. But the the thing is not just facing it. It's coming out of it and striving always to fight against those things, to be the person you're called to be. That's why it's hard to be a Christian. It, being If you think picking up your cross and following me is easy, then, then you really haven't sat and looked at what that means, right? Jesus could barely carry his cross, right? right? And he fell and he was beaten and all these things. And, and it's, it was hard for him. And, and he was God, right? It's going to be hard for us. And if it isn't, if we don't find it that way, because I think sometimes we can look at that and say, well, there's a specific suffering coming my way. Oftentimes there will be. But no, the entire Christian walk, even when things are easy, are hard. Because the devil is always sitting there setting snares, trying to pull mm-hmm. you and distract you off what you're doing. You know, So if you're not careful, and as, if, as Paul says, is you're not running as to win, then you're going to wind up disqualifying yourself. So, you know, we're getting towards the end of the show here, but we have to be intentional disciples. You know, that's something, actually, that's what Pete Burak's ministry is called, ID 916. It's intentional discipleship. We have to work on our Christian spiritualities, our Catholic life, as hard as we do or harder than anything else. God has got to be our number one priority. And for that to take place, then we have to start saying, okay, how in my own life mm-hmm. am I going to start putting things in place to make sure that I'm doing the work to run the race as to win, right? To not run aimlessly, to plan, to focus, to be intentional. And so that's different for everybody. And it's overwhelming for some because sometimes like, all right, I'm going to change my life now. And the next thing you know, you got 18 novenas you're saying and you're pledging to say the rosary every day and the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Right. And we get overwhelmed because we get overzealous and try to do too much. 
My advice here and what I try to do is don't look at what other people are doing and feel like what you're doing is inferior or you're not doing enough. Don't fall for the traps of everybody coming to you. Well, you got to do this if you're Catholic. Have that conversation with God. You know, what do you, what do you, where do you want me to spend my time? Look at where you feel um, the most blessed in your time with God, right? Like, where do I really feel connected with him? Is it in scripture reading? Is it in prayer? Is it in a novena? Is it in serving the poor? But figure out what those things are and then start to plan them in your day. Don't, you know, I, there's a quote that basically says like, I, I'm going to butcher it, but it, it's things not written down or things that are forgotten, mm-hmm. you know? So get a get a board in your house, get a whiteboard, you know, now with all these things, put it in your phone. I'm going to do this every day. Start off with one thing. And then for 30 days, if it's wake up in the morning and give my day to God, do that and do it. But then after 30 days, okay, I'm going to start adding mm-hmm. adoration in my life or I'm going to add regular confession or I'm going to intentionally find ways to serve in a way that I like. But if we're not planning this out and if we're not spending the same time that we would on all this other stuff in our life, that's not going to matter, right? I, I think of the verse of the guy that was talking about, oh, man, I got so much stuff. I got to build up more barns. Right. And God says, you fool. You know, today or tonight, this very night, your life's going to be demanded of you. Well, if you're not in the place where you're running this race with a purpose, right, running as to win, and that time comes where God says, you fool, your life's going to be demanded of Mm -hmm. you, then you're going to wind up in a place you don't want to wind up. So don't sit around and be fearful about it. You hear so many people going, I'm afraid I'm going to go to hell. I'm afraid I'm not going to go to heaven. Well, that's your choice, Mm -hmm. right? Do something about it. Put the same effort you do in trying to look like you, you know, you're going to be ripped your whole life. Put the same effort in you do when you go to the gym. Put the same effort in your spiritual life you do when you're trying to get that promotion. Put the same effort in your life that you do when you're trying to plan the perfect vacation in your spiritual life. Whatever these things are, put it all in there. Do the work, and then you're going to find the rewards and the joy, and it doesn't become a struggle, right? It's just like with working out, Victor. You know, yeah. People say, well, I hate when I, I, I've stopped working out because then I have to start again, and it hurts. Well, yeah, all this hurts in the beginning, but once you put it into your schedule, once you start start really working this every single day and it just becomes part of your life, then it's not painful anymore. Just like muscle pain goes away, spiritual pain goes away, mm-hmm. the annoyance of doing things, the the uncomfortability of uh, uncomfortable, whatever that word is, right. being comfortable about it goes away. Then you get in a place where it just becomes like a, like a um, muscle memory. Right, where you're doing this stuff, but you're doing it with that intentional purpose to grow in your love and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's when you start moving away from being a spiritual baby, as Paul says. Mm-hmm. Like you're not drinking milk and eating crushed up food anymore. You're starting to eat adult food. You're putting childish things away, and you're really starting to run this race as to win. And Victor, that's what we're here for, man. It's it's not to just play around in this life and to get what we want and to find small moments of happiness. It's to really give our all to serve a God who gave us all for us. Right. And when we find that that goal, I mean, that purpose, I mean, there's joy. A it joy is. in the life. I mean, you're you're not always going to be f- totally 100% satisfied because we're humans. Yeah. We're going to be disappointed. Something's going to happen, and we're going to be frustrated. But the thing is, if, if you live your life according to a daily you know, target of, of your faith. Sure. Then whatever those things come in front of you, it's not going to be a big deal anymore. It's just, yeah. you'll, 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 you'll kind of fluff it off a little bit. You might still think about it, but it ain't going to be as big as it used to be. So. Right. And, and again, start off with something small. You know, I mean, if you go try to climb Mount Everest, you're not going to get very far. Uh, if you, yeah. worst of all, you're not a climber and you're not in shape. Just climb your backyard. There you go. Right. Yeah. Just start, <laughs> start there. Right. Don't, yeah. don't be like a lot of people at conferences where you go to a conference and you come away and you're like, yeah. yeah. And then you try to do 5 billion things and you, you wind up not doing anything. You quit because you've overloaded yourself. 
again, sit down and spend that time with God. What do I like to do? What do I think I could do well to serve God? I'm going to take you know five or ten minutes to pray in the morning mm-hmm. or whatever you start with and be intentional about it. And then after you've done that for a few days, find something else and find something else and, and get four or five things that you're doing that always keep you grounded in the faith. Once you do that, you get to a point where you're going, okay, like now I'm putting God first in my life. I'm centering on him. He's in my day throughout. He's the priority in my life. Now he's becoming a priority for my children because I'm living it, you know, in front of them as well too and, and asking that of them. Mm. That's how you win the race. Right, what they what did they say in the past? Like slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, that's it. Right, don't be the guy that sprints out of the gate and then gets passed by the turtle an hour later. Right, we just work hard, continue to find the things that help you get close to the Lord, and then stick with them. That's how we keep from running aimlessly, and that's how our faith becomes alive. So, Victor, let's take this to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. It's so easy for us to run aimlessly in our life. The devil wants us to do that, and he, and he puts distractions and all these things in our way. Lord, help us to be intentional about what we're doing to grow in our, in our relationship with you and in our faith, because in the end of life, that's what's going to matter. Lord, give us the grace and your mercy to be able to do that and to be able to put you first in our life with intentionality and help us to run as to win. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.